Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harcourt. Uh, this week we have another amazing musician on the line, so stand by and I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Here we go. So welcome to Peace Country Artist Podcast. I'm Kurt Furstenworth. I'm taking a turn at this, uh, your regular radio uh, smooth voice of Rob Harcourt. You're going to miss him for this one. Uh, today I'm interviewing Mr. Terry Cameron. We have on him on the line. Uh, say something, Terry. Well, hello out there. <laughs> well, I know you, you pretty well, Terry. Uh, uh, we can talk about uh, you, We're actually in a band together right now called Slowly Becoming, but uh, uh, my first question out, <laughs> my first question out the gate is, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, where do you, where you grew up? Well, sure. I was born and raised in Regina, Saskatchewan, and I went to Central High School. And gosh, I always loved music right from the beginning, um, and got to see an awful lot of good concerts back in the day, which uh, was really inspiring for me. Very nice. Now, was there a lot of music uh, around your house when you were growing up? Was your family musical? Uh, my mom was somewhat. Uh, she played by ear. She had a, she called it a, well, it was a Hawaiian guitar, I guess. But she would play on her lap. And she had a little organ that she played. Yeah, all by ear. She really liked uh, Marty Robbins and Patsy Cline. And... <laughs> the good stuff. Yeah, Al Yankovic, good old polka music. <laughs> you know, I remember uh, when I was little, we always had to watch uh, Don Messer's Jamboree. Right. And I'd be sitting on the couch beside her, and she uh, she used to knit, and she'd run the wool through my toes, and it would tickle. <laughs> <laughs> it was great fun. <laughs> So, but you never started playing the tiny organ. You started playing drums. Was was that your first instrument? Well, my dad, he was a real uh, big band music lover, you know, like Harry James and Benny Goodman. So I had quite a collection of different music happening in the house there from, you know, country to, to big band stuff. And my dad was a fireman on the old steam locomotives. So I got an early love of trains too. So yeah, I had a had quite a interesting, well, fun, fun childhood. Is that where you got your trademark uh, engineer's cap? Well, you know, it, I think it's probably well. I didn't wear it way back then, but I've always loved trains uh, right. because while well, he worked on the CPR, so he got a free pass. So every summer we would uh, take the train out to uh, the West Coast, Kelowna and Vancouver, where my aunt and uncle lived and my grandparents. And so, yeah, I've uh, always loved trains. They inspire a lot of music too. So how old were you when you uh, first started playing drums? Uh, well, I started in high school back at Central, uh, grade 10. I was pretty, uh, well, 16, I guess, in grade 10. Yeah, and uh, the three had uh, some three, two friends. 
and we uh, we all started our band back in Central. We had a great music teacher, uh, Mr. McElhoneyak, and he really uh, inspired us and got us going. We just kept at her and, uh, well, never never really quit. <laughs> <laughs> and your family was uh, okay with drums in the house? You know, they put up with it. I'm yeah. surprised. I'm surprised, but they did, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm always impressed when uh, people play drums because some parent had to be okay with that noise. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I had my little room downstairs and that. Uh, but yeah, I used to uh, get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you play any other instruments? Oh, I used to play a little uh, blues harp, but uh don't have as much wind as I used to. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, I mean, I think that's a pretty, pretty awesome start. Uh, now, can I ask you who inspired your passion for music? Was it that teacher or was it uh, a band or? Well... Like uh, quite a few musicians from uh, my generation, it was first seeing the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show way back in uh, 1964. I'll never forget that night because, uh, well, it actually was the uh, my birthday. Oh, wow. <laughs> my 12th birthday. And I was at my aunt's and uncle's and their two daughters. They were a little older than me. And I'll tell you, when them Beatles came on, they started screaming, and <laughs> I I got right into her too. Like, holy moly, I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> wow. And then when, when I got a little older, uh, my Aunt Doe, oh, great gal. Uh, she has cerebral palsy, but she was always a music lover. And I used to spend a lot of time at my uh, grandma's house in the summer. Bill had a great 45 collection. And I would uh, set up pots and pans on the on her bed. And I'd spin these records and I'd just drum along. <laughs> <laughs> and the good old pot pan drum set. <laughs> yes. And then, well, then when Tupperware came along, oh boy, I was... Uh, I was really rocking. Just open, <laughs> opened it all up. Now you got the toms. <laughs> yeah, different sizes too. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, what would you say is your favorite genre of music? Or, I mean, knowing you how I know you, I don't think you uh, get too stuck into one, do you? Uh, well, heck, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, as long as it's uh, it's good and it's real and it it moves me like. Uh, that's what counts for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been lucky enough to see your uh, your uh, collection of vinyl and and other media, and uh, yeah, I don't think that you have a genre <laughs> that you stick to too much. Just love love everything that's good, right? Yes, I do have quite a music library I can draw. <laughs> <laughs> now, saying that, do you have a favorite artist? Uh, you know, I'd have to say Neil Young. Uh, I've uh, been into his music since, well, back in the 60s with Buffalo Springfield. And he's he just kept going and going and going, and he's still going. <laughs> and he's still making amazing music. Yeah, I agree. And he doesn't, uh, there's no compromise with his music. It's all from his heart and soul. And 
Yeah. In fact, uh, I bought my first uh, vinyl album <laughs> in a few years, and it's uh, his new one with Crazy Horse, The Bar. Right. And I was not disappointed, I'll tell you. Well, it, it, yeah, I think Jill's a big fan, too. She, uh, she's all as my wife for the people out there in podcast land. Um, and how about favorite group, artists, or, or, or duo, or group? Uh, well, it all started with the Beatles. Well, as I got older, I really got into the band. And their first album, that Big Pink, you know, came out in 67. And they pretty well started that whole Americana music scene. Right. And Levon Helm, I mean, if you want a drummer's drummer, like, that's your man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, he's one of my favorites, too. Um, <laughs> do you remember the first album you ever bought, Terry? Well, I'm a little older than you, Kurt. Hello. <laughs> 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 and it was actually uh, a 45. Or, you know, those little records with the big hole in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a Little Town Flirt by Del Shannon. Del Shannon. Oh, man, his voice at that drum beat just grabbed me. Yeah, you may remember his big one of his big hits was runaway yep oh, i i remember that song yeah uh, that yes. high falsetto but that verse it was just a single then right like a, a 45 was it was runaway on that yeah one? well there was a side b too side b I'm... one song on each side you get oh yeah great deal <laughs> <laughs> uh you can say that the del shannon song but in your opinion what's the best song ever written or recorded oh and I, I'd have to go with like a Rolling Stone by, uh, you know, Bob Dylan. Yeah. Like back, you know, that came out in 1965. And he'd just gone electric then, you know, from his folky, folky start. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't know how to take him. Like he, that man just changed music. And the song, it was over six minutes long. And... At that time, like what you heard on the radio was uh, lots of little short and sweet love songs, you know, three minutes, three and a half minutes long. But I tell you, that song came on, like from the first whack of the snare, you know, it's like a gunshot, yeah. you know, and wow. And then the little organ comes in and Dylan starts and his, well, either you like his voice or you don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I like it. I'm and, a fan uh, too. <laughs> and the song, you know, it's, you know, it's all about like the loss of innocence, you know, your youth maturing and, uh, just, yeah, it's just a whole musical journey in one song. So yeah, I'd have to go with that one. It's a good choice. I, I, you know, I wouldn't have even thought of it, but it is, it is a beautiful tune. Um, but yeah, that's a great choice. All right. Well, we'll keep moving along here. I'm, uh, you know, this is uh, only my second go at this. I'm trying to move it along, but I want to hear all your stories, Terry. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> how, much, how much time do you have? Oh, we, we have all night, I think. I don't, I don't know how this works. I'm <laughs> good. <laughs> so, uh, I'll have to pull out some records for you. Yeah, we'll have a listening party, too. <laughs> um, so how old were you when you joined your first band? Well, it all started in uh, high school. So, yeah, I was in grade 10. And, uh, 
Yeah, 16. Huh? Yeah, we just had, had fun. Yeah. Kept at her. And yeah, you know, when it's in you, it's got to come out. <laughs> well, what was the name of the first band? The three of us, like there was me and Eric and Lawrence. We yeah, kept, uh, well, developing. And, and so uh, our first, I guess, real band, we were called the uh, Flying Frogs. Flying frogs, all right. Yeah, even uh, made T-shirts, and, uh, and then it, we evolved into uh, Ron the Beaver and his damn band. <laughs> hey guys, yeah, we, can we say that again? Yeah. Ron, Ron the Beaver and his damn band. Yes, <laughs> that's yeah, a great Ron, name. Yeah, he was in our band, and he was a real industrious fella. Hey, eh? like, well, back in the sixties. Like he used to make sandals out of old uh, tires, like tire treads. Uh-huh. Really good stuff, durable, I'll tell you. But I used to call him Ron the Beaver. <laughs> and so we changed our name to Ron the Beaver and his damn band. That's just great. <laughs> so we, finally, we eventually evolved into Grid Road. And that stuck with the, that band stuck together for a long time. Now, do you remember your first gig with, with either the the either recarnation of that through well the very first gig is still goes back to high school days we're sitting uh, i was in class and i think lawrence was in my same same room and our music teacher mr macaroniac he called us out of class he said you know there's this movie star he had a variety show, a very popular variety show, Danny Kay. You probably never heard of him, but back then he was quite, quite popular. But he was coming to Regina and he said, you don't, there's a bunch of uh, kids there and they could use some uh, entertainment and it'd be great exposure for you guys. <laughs> so, hey, right on. And he even got Eric out of class. Eric went to a different high school. <laughs> so we packed up our gear and all excited, man. We made her out to the airport and they had a, a makeshift stage set up for where Danny's plane was going to land. So we started setting up there and then we realized, oh, there's no power here. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to find the nearest power. And it happened to be in a airplane hangar, which was uh, a ways from the uh, stage. But uh, well, we set her up in there, and he started uh, rocking. And I tell you, that big old metal airplane hangar sound was so echoey at reverb. <laughs> it was like a garage band paradise. <laughs> And the kids, they were just having a great old time. And then we see, oh, his plane landed. Everyone takes off. <laughs> <laughs> out comes Danny Kay, and everyone's cheering. Yeah, yeah, he, ne he ne never even knew we were there. <laughs> but I guess that was our first gig. <laughs> awesome. That's a pretty good first gig. I guess I can say, yeah, I played for Danny K. Open for Danny K. All right, so how many bands have you been in, Terry, over the years? 
Oh gosh. So long list. Back in Regina was those ones. And then Lynn and I moved up here. We first moved to Hines Creek. I think that was in 77. One of the first things I did when we settled settled in was ask around if there was any musicians around. Everyone was telling me, oh, there's this great guitar player. He's a phys ed teacher at Hines Creek High School. And his name's uh, Mike Byra. I said, oh, I got to check this out. So I managed to get together with Mike and, oh, we hit her off just like that. Like we were just, you know, two music soulmates. And so we, uh, we started, uh, started the band. It was called uh, the Muddy Valley Muskrat Band. That's another good name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, eh? And that sort of evolved into uh, Cabin Fever. And actually, uh, well, you know of Dave, Dave Milner and uh, Dwayne Steele, who was a Birkeland back then. Both of them uh, played with us uh, a bit way back, way back then. Yeah. We sort of showed him a few of the ropes. Right. And uh, George Lungard was our bass player. Yeah. So that was sort of the first uh, band up here. We got married the next year, and it was out at Beatrice Young's farm. And it was, oh, it was great. They cooked all the food. It was all wildflower. Mike went and got all our equipment and brought it out. And so we ended up playing for our own wedding. <laughs> so, that was, uh, yeah, oh, what a night. It was getting late and everyone's saying, hey, you guys, you're taking off on your honeymoon tomorrow. You better get going. <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't even want to leave. <laughs> well, we, got, we got two sets left. <laughs> yeah, really. You know? <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Then and I got together with... Uh, Bruce and uh, Naomi Barkley. We we lived. Uh, we moved to Fairview by then. Uh, Dave and Liberty, and we uh, formed a band called Northwind, and it was uh, it was great fun. It, you know, it was a mixture of uh, folk and country, good old rock and roll. Heck, we even uh, played kazoo's. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough to. To hear some of that, you've got some recorded the other night. It, oh, was, it is really good. Yes, a very raw, very raw live recording, live at Gordondale. Yeah. It was quite the night that one was, yes. It was <laughs> very, very, very nice. Your wife had a beautiful voice. and yeah. Oh, yes. Well, she was a female vocalist back in Regina. She was. She played the high-class joints. <laughs> when I played the bars. <laughs> but... Uh, our love of music, we eventually our worlds collided, and uh, yes, that was it. <laughs> so, have we made our way through all your bands yet, or are we still going? Oh, oh, heck, no. <laughs> uh, I played drums with uh, Vi Gorham, backed her up for a while. Uh, we, we played at the Grand a few times. Oh, she's a lovely lady, she's still, she's still playing. Mm -hmm. Vince, her son, he was quite young back then. And Eddie used to let him come in and watch us, and he'd be sitting off in the corner of the stage watching us. And uh, I think I inspired him a bit to uh, get into the drums, which 
It's kind of cool. I think you did too, from what I've heard. <laughs> well, well, word gets around. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, oh, let's, then I played with Len Kirschbaumer. Dwayne played with us in that band for a while. And, uh, oh, Greg Kuhn with uh, George again, George Lungard. And, oh, yeah, and I played with uh, Mickey and Terry Benson. Oh, what a couple great guys and great musicians like wild honey we were called it yeah that was that was a lot of good times oh and then i played with vic and the chicks for yeah for a while uh jan uh what the heck's her last name butchinski that's yeah that's yeah. right <laughs> there yeah. we go great yeah yeah i played with them for a while and then oh i i ran into uh Ray and Cindy Hamill. We were living in Blue Sky by then. And uh, that's when the old Blue Sky Hotel was just uh, the hopping, hopping place. And uh, Ray and uh, Cindy, they were a dual duel playing there. They were called Lady and the Tramp. Nice. But uh, oh, we, we hit her off too, just gangbusters. And so, yeah, ever since, like, Ray and I, we would jam together, and then uh, we got uh, Rob, uh, Rob Bell. And the three of us, we would jam and play once in a while. And actually, we, we became the fogies. <laughs> <laughs> kind of neat, because I used to do a cartoon for the, uh, the Vault magazine called The Fogies. It was about these old musicians that decided well let's get the band back together and oh it was a you know it was fun writing that out the yeah. trials and tribulations <laughs> but it actually uh, materialized it became the fogies <laughs> yeah self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy <laughs> yeah really eh? <laughs> yeah well then well i quit uh quit drumming for a few years because uh lynn's house deteriorated and uh, i was looking after her and but uh, finally, I I did get the urge again and started having jams in the old sunroom. Always uh, Ray and Rob, and then while well, you and Jill would, would participate sometimes too, and uh, Dana, Dana Proctor. Yeah, and uh, old Wally, you know, mm -hmm. good old Wally. So yeah, that got me back into getting into the music and Feeling, feeling good about it and having fun. So, yeah, so I kept it. Well, there's, I probably, you know, forgot a few, but, uh, and that, well, the, there's the, the new venture that's happening. That's, and we'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit. I think it's, I have a question about what you got going on now, and we can chat about it, but right, I think no, no great, that, yes. that gives us a, you know, it'll be a good segue for you to, to, to pitch the new uh, awesome project. So do you have a memory that stands out, good or bad, from your years of playing? Uh, well, one that does, it's, uh, it's not really a bad memory, but it's a very interesting one. <laughs> this was uh, back in the Regina. We used to play at the uh, Indian Métis Center. That's what it was called back in those days. That's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, there was always a great crowd. And this, this one dancer up there playing. And halfway through a song, all of a sudden the whole place cleared out. 
everyone disappears right in the middle of the sun. We're going kind of scratching our heads. And then uh, they'd all come back in and we'd keep playing. This happened again. And finally, by the third time, uh, we said, well, we got to see what the frig's going on here. <laughs> yeah. so, so we went outside and here uh, a couple of guys were getting into her with a fisticuffs. <laughs> so, but they always took the fight outside, you know, which was very considerate, I thought. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was a that was quite an interesting night. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, well, where's your favorite venue, or what was your favorite venue over the years? Ah, uh, well, that'd have to be the old uh, Silton Town Town Hall back in Saskatchewan. Oh, nice. Eric and I lived in Silton, this small town, for a while. It's uh, just north of Craven. Might have heard of Craven, that's where the Big Valley Jamboree started. Yeah. But back in those days, all there was was a bar and a jukebox. But by then Ridge Road we had, you know, we had quite a quite a good following. So we used to put on our own dances at the old town hall. We make up the tickets and wrangle the liquor license somehow. Eric usually managed to do that. And oh I tell you. We get that place a hopping, <laughs> and you had the old wooden floors. Eh? I remember we'd be up on stage there, and it'd be rocking so much that my cymbals would be swaying back and forth. <laughs> but yeah, that would have to be my favorite venue. Yeah, we'd have to bring the band down there again. Is it still around? Uh well, they've got a new hall now, right here. Oh, and they uh, they still put on uh, yeah, still put on dances and such there. Which is great. Well, that's awesome. Can I uh, ask you what's the bi- what the biggest crowd you've ever played for is? Well, I've never uh, been like played any concerts or anything <laughs> like that. You know, so it's always just been the enjoyment and the so, yeah, you know, a couple hundred people, whatever. Uh, I mean, played I... out at the uh, the Fairview uh, Country Music festival there quite a few years in George Lake and yeah and we a lot of dances you know yeah two maybe 250 people yeah yeah I'd say it's, it doesn't matter I've played great shows to to four people but well, say, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, yeah you just you put on that performance and yeah that's right and you get as long as you get the people going and the vibe happening yeah. it's a success yes I feel okay. We are going to take a little short commercial break and we come back. We got more questions and lots more to talk about. Great on. All right, we're back from uh, our own little commercial break. Um, get right back with Mr. Terry Cameron here. And uh, the question I have for you now is Do you have a music bucket list? Anything you'd still like to achieve musically? Um, well, no, no. My bucket's pretty darn rusty, <laughs> but I tell you, I've uh, I'm working on actually the biggest achievement right now with uh, with our new musical group, our project, our band, and uh, recording an album. I mean, wow, we're you know, 
been at this for over 50 years and wow, I'm finally going to have something I can hold in my hands and play and people hope they'll love it. Well, <laughs> and we might as well move on to that. That's one of the questions is, that we have here is, are there any new projects in the works? Do you want to talk about Slowly Becoming? Sure. Well, it all started in my sunroom. Got together with uh, with you and Jill and Jeremy McCracken, my next door neighbor. Technical whiz, yes. He's a plays guitar and many pedals. Pedals, 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 pedals. <laughs> yes, we just and uh, we started jamming, and then we thought. Then you brought in uh, young Nora, and all things changed. I, I right? gush about her all day, but it's Miss Nora. Nora Ponto, and uh, yeah. she's only 17 years old, which should, I shouldn't say only, she's 17 years old, but she's, <laughs> she's an old soul, a better writer than I'll probably ever be, and uh, oh. yeah, it did change yeah. a lot at that point. Oh yes, her voice, well suddenly our our songs had lyrics, <laughs> or, and they actually became songs, you know, just the way the lyrics pour out of her too. Yes. Um, and then you you uh, ran into Ryland Crawford. Ryland Crawford yeah. is a lead guitarist out of out of uh, and and singer of Eight Squared, um, but he's also recording engineer and a bit of a wizard. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I think I'm telling your story now, but we uh, we brought him in to record, and then we we conned him into joining the band. <laughs> right. Finally, I got a band with a bass player. Oh, <laughs> wow, wonderful. <laughs> uh, so do you want to tell us uh, uh, about the album? Well, you know, it's all so homegrown and just it's all come around so naturally. It's almost like it's cosmic. It's meant to be because just the way our songs developed and formed, my grandson, uh, Kale, is going to be doing artwork for it. And Jer- Jeremy's good friend, uh, Beck, he's also going to be doing artwork for it. Yes. And, and Ryland, while well, he's recorded and mixing it all, and we're going to get it mastered in Victoria, right? Yeah, uh, yeah I believe Vancouver. Um, oh, Vancouver? And then I think Preston, Victoria. Um, and uh, we are making vinyl. Yes. And the master, that's uh, that Brock, who uh, Mario recommended to me. And Mario happens to be the son of Mike Byra. Yes, it all it all kind of starts to swing around. I know. <laughs> Mario is another great musician, and he even has his own recording studio. So, yes, yeah, just the way it, it all comes together, you know, it gives you goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm something I'm very proud of, of myself. Uh, we, I've made a couple albums, but this one, uh, it sure feels like it's supposed to be, it's supposed to happen. And uh, uh, I said, Jill and I are just feeling very, very lucky to be part of it. But um, I, I, I mean, maybe I can say we're, we're hoping, we're, uh, we were planning for a CD release on June 10th at the Fine Arts Center in, uh, in Fairview. Yes. And so we're hoping lots of people can come out for that and we'll perform the album and, and have them for sale there. But even that, do you think that is, uh, you know, uh, you know, in all the, all those years, uh, you know, was there opportunities to record? You just didn't really. Uh, um... Well, no, not really. Shortly after I moved up here, Grid Road did uh, 
they found another drummer and they did do a, a cassette recording. Right. But I missed out on that one. Right. I was in the studio with Mike uh, Byra. That was going well. And then we we're going to be the backup band for uh, this lady singer, uh, Claudia Payne. And then that fell through. So, uh, yeah, no, I've never made it on any recording. No, and that's the thing. I don't think it was always such a such a simple thing. Not that it's simple now. This has taken us uh, almost a year and uh, a lot of mm-hmm. blood, sweat, and tears, I'd say, and, and snacks. And, um, yes. <laughs> the and snacking. Lots, of, lots of good vibes, I'll tell you. Yeah, uh, but, it, you know, at least, you know, we have, you know, the ability to, to make it happen. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Well, that, that was the question with new projects in the works. I, I also, I want to plug you because, well, um, well, you know, you said you, you did artwork or like you did a comic strip for um, Vault magazine called The Fogies. But my other band, uh, High Road, is uh, also, uh, we asked you to do a, a music video of your drawings and you did a, a wonderful um, comic strip for us and, and that'll be part of our music video. So just to plug your, your other skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, you know, it's amazing that I can still drum. I can still draw. Hey, look it up. <laughs> well, you know, art never leaves you, right? It's uh, it's that's, uh... Oh, that's right. Yes. And I, well, I started giving drum lessons at the Ignite Youth Center. Yes, that's right. And you're. And you're... oh, what a joy that is! Like those those young kids, they're just so into it. And oh, you're raising just, little rock stars. <laughs> yeah, really, really, man. No, they... and what a great place that youth center is. Like. Yeah, for young people, my God, it's a place where they can be themselves. And yeah, just... it's a, it's a, I've been involved for a few years myself. I teach guitar there, and uh, I, it's, it's, it both serves a purpose for kids who really need a place to be, and then it also serves a purpose as a learning center for, uh, for different skills, art and and music, and yes. and then some nights and they hope, just. And hopefully, we keep working with these kids. You with your guitar and me with drums, and we'll get a, a band out of it. You I know? said we just we just need a volunteer bass teacher now and, and keys. Yes, and, you know. no kidding. <laughs> the little igniters. The little igniters. <laughs> oh, wait, well, I should get back on the track of the questions, but it was, that oh, was yes, a right. lovely part of the conversation. <laughs> if you could... <laughs> yeah. We could talk all night. I know. Yeah. I've done it around your, your table many nights. Uh, if you could play with any artist or group, dead or alive, who would it be? Um, I've just played with so many amazing people and musicians and, and friends, and it's that's fulfilled me like just being together with music loving people. It, yeah, you don't have to be famous or <laughs> anything like you just gotta love the music, and that's what counts, I think. I would agree. I think for the many, many nights I looked around and thought how lucky I was. Oh, yes, I do, too. My goodness, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to ask you about the uh, uh, when you wrote for the for the newspaper, uh, you did CD reviews. Yeah, I used to write for, well, I started with the Fairview Post way back in the early 80s, doing my homespun review. Yeah, I would uh, review a record and sort of ramble on about anything that came to mind. <laughs> And then it got it. I went to uh, the Peace River paper there for a while, and then I quit 
writing for oh, quite a few years while my grandson Kale was doing artwork for the uh, the Vault magazine, and uh, he suggested he should want some music involved in this, and they uh, got a hold of me, and so I started doing it again, and then I started doing the Fogies cartoon, so uh, it was kind of neat. I just think you know someday we're gonna have to archive those because I've read a few and they're they're really well done. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you did you know famous albums. You you even did like reissues and stuff, right? When they came out. Um, but you you know you did some local stuff and you just picked whatever. Uh, you... Yeah, it was kind of neat. I could uh, well back then uh, Dennis Hagelin was the editor, good friend too. He gave me free reign. It was great. It's <laughs> <laughs> read about whatever you wanted. You bet. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh yeah. Well, I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was uh, a really when you, when we talk about these peace country artists and, and being inspired, you know, it takes people like you who are writing about music, who are playing music, who are creating things to inspire the next group, you know. So I think I think that's great uh, that you did that. I remember reading it when it was in the Fairview Post and, uh, and yeah. always enjoying it because it was something different for me. The rest of that was uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of artistic stuff in that Fairview Post. But I, it was great. It was an informational thing, you know, but it was. Uh, it uh, was, yeah. Yeah, but to have that uh, little bit of uh, you know, more artistic side. I just wanted oh. to mention, too, Man, finally revived the old Blue Sky stage again, too. Oh, yes, yeah. But, yeah, that's Ray Hamill started that way back when he, uh, Blue Fest, and then it sat vacant for years and turned into a giant pigeon coop. That's right. And I drive by there and said, what a shame. We've got to get music happening there again. And with like help from you and friends, we made her happen, and oh. we're going to make her happen again. And that's we can do one more plug here. Uh, we're going to do the second, the second annual Ray Hamill Memorial Blue Sky Picnic Jam. It's a mouthful, uh, but what's <laughs> what's what's the date on that? Uh, June Sunday, June twenty sixth. Sunday, June twenty sixth, and it's starting with a multi denominational. Yeah, church service. And then uh, yeah. at noon, the musical start, and it is an. And we're basically treating it like a like an open stage, a jam. Uh, it's a picnic, so you can bring your lunch, but there'll be a food booth on site. And uh, yeah, everyone's welcome, kids, you name it. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very cool. We, we've we were doing a few uh, uh, outdoor events there, and then um, last year was the first time we 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 gave it a uh, a name in tribute to Ray, who had passed away in the spring of last year. And uh, it was really nice. Last year we had his family there, and we had his guitar there, and uh, and his his uh, wife Cindy made a wonderful speech and. Uh, it was great, and I think that it was terrible weather, absolutely terrible. <laughs> the coldest day in August, if you can believe it. That bitter wind. So this hey. year, we're hoping for a little bit better weather. So, But if you're a musician, and especially if you knew Ray, but he, whether he did or not, um, you know, he such an impact on music in the peace country. I think that uh, we all like to go out there, and it's a good, it's a great jam on top of being a great uh, memory of him so, so oh, was, yes good well, time good music good food good fun that's right so that's another one more <laughs> plug you and i were just we're just winning the plugs here uh, <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you'd like to say before i ask your final question well you know i gotta give my my brother neil some credit because uh i was 15 when uh when he came along and then i moved out when i was 18 so we barely knew each other 
that's all like he's such a music lover like we've reconnected over the years and we're getting so close and he's turned me on to a, a whole new world of music that i i missed groups like Ma massive attack uh, and chris cornell and and all that that boy like he's into everything from mozart to miles davis and everything in between and his love of music like it's must run in the family, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you were inspiring to him too. <laughs> well, yes, I think so. I got an old picture of him when he was just three, banging away on my bongos, and I'm playing my drums down in that room in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't know Neil, but he's been very supportive of our uh, our endeavor that we're dealing with right now too. He's been a real. You betcha. Real, yeah. So. I hope he makes it up here for a visit. That'd be wonderful. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you this last question that you might have heard it on some of the other podcasts, but uh, tell us something about you that no one else knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if you go back to when I was a kid, not many people know about me when I was a kid up here, but I was, uh, I was a junior yo-yo chap. Junior yo-yo chap? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was put on by the Cheerios Cereal Company. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I got first place in that, and I got a crest and everything. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know I was dealing with the with the junior yo-yo champ here. Yeah. Uh, there you <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I got to say, Terry, thank you so much. I, I was really looking forward to this interview. Um, I've been lucky enough to know you for a few years, and I knew your stories were, were great. But, uh, no, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm, I want to thank Rob. Well, thank you for, for considering me. Uh, you know, that makes me feel good. Yeah, well, and, and, and then thank Rob Harkart for letting me jump back in for a, for an episode or two here. Um, yeah, Rob, you're doing a great job. He really is. Just a velvet really voice. <laughs> peace country on the map i'll tell you yes, he sure there's is, a yeah. lot of good musicians up here there oh, is boy. but it's and it's being listened to all over the world and uh it's it's wow, uh, eh? something really neat thank you so much <laughs> terry and uh we'll, we'll sign off from peace country musical artist podcast thank you kurt that's it for another episode of peace country musical artist podcast I'm your host, Rob Harcourt, and join me next time when we interview another amazing musician from the Peace Country. Thank you, and bye for now.